Amen, amen, amen. Shout amen, high five two or three people and say, let's get into this word. Let's get into this word in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter number 10, verse number 10 reminds us of our uh, de declared theme for this year being the year of enjoyment. It says in the Amplified Translation that the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I love it that the verse doesn't end there because Jesus says that I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it how? How? In abundance to the full till it overflows. And so this is our year to experience joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it's our year of having. So why don't you remind your neighbor next to you, say, I'm going to get my stuff this year. I'm going to get my stuff. Praise God. Remind somebody else, say, I encourage you to get yours too. I encourage you to get yours too. Amen. We're also uh, uh, approaching our final week of our 21 days of prayer and fasting during August. And prayerfully, you have been uh, praying and, and spending more time in prayer and devotion uh, during this season of 21 days of prayer because you can't get anything out of prayer unless you pray. Amen. And so we had an exciting time this past Wednesday at Ignite Prayer School. Some wonderful wisdom came forth uh, as it relates to prayer. And so if you, if you were here, you know what I'm talking about. If you missed it, uh, there's still opportunity to grab that uh, CD or MP3 because there's some valuable, valuable information uh, that you need in your life to get results out of prayer. Amen. Um, but tomorrow we're going to begin not only prayer, uh, not only will we have prayer, we're going to include fasting. Everybody say fasting. Okay, say it a little more encouragingly, okay? Fasting. Come on. Fasting. Praise the Lord. Now, we got to understand, and, I, and I'm not going to take the day to teach on fasting, but just a couple of things about fasting. The purpose of fasting is not to change God. Okay, hear what I'm saying. God is unchangeable. So I don't care, you can not eat all year, God is not going to change. Now you may be, we might be going to a different service of yours, but, uh, but God is not going to change. And so the purpose of fasting is not to change, change God. Secondly, the purpose of fasting is not to prove your spirituality. Don't go broadcasting that you, oh, I'm so hungry because I'm fasting. Shut up. Hush your mouth. Nobody needs to know you're even on the fast. Hello? Because people knowing you're on the fast is not going to add anything to your life. Amen. Thirdly, fasting, the purpose of fasting is not to lose weight. Oh, Lord. Now, you may lose a few pounds because you're skipping some meals, but that's not your purpose. Ooh, I'm a girl, I'm going to get in that dress next week, boy. I'm going to get in that dress. I'm going to fast all week. I'm going to be looking good. No, that's not the purpose of fasting. You hear what I'm saying? The purpose of fasting is real quickly, folks, and, and Wednesday. Please, please make sure you be here on Wednesday because uh, Minister David is scheduled to teach on fasting, and, and I know he's going to share some great information uh, during that time. But the purpose of fasting is to uh, bring your flesh under, okay? And then with the intent to spend more time with God. So the purpose of fasting is to let your flesh know who's in control. That's what, you, that's what fasting is. So now if you can say no to a plate of food, you can say no to sin. You know what I'm saying? If you can miss meals, you can miss evil. That's the purpose of fasting. So again, more on that on Wednesday. Tell your neighbors that more on that on Wednesday. Now, don't, 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 don't get your, don't take yourself out the game before you even start. Because we're asking you from 6 a.m. tomorrow morning till 6 p.m. tomorrow evening that you eat no food and you drink only water. So that means no coffee, no tea, no fruit juices, straight H2O. And tell your neighbor, you will survive. So if you have to, get up at 5.30, get you a breakfast sandwich, 
uh, get your breakfast sandwich at 545 and then, you know, have your meal ready at 601 to sit down and eat at 601. But you won't survive for 12 hours. And you're going to be better because of it. Amen. Amen. I said amen. So let's be excited about it and, and look forward to the results that come out of it. Amen. Praise God. All right, Luke chapter 18, verse number 1. Luke chapter 18, verse number 1 is our uh, text we've been using for our series we've been in recently uh, called Three Hindrances to Answered Prayer. Three Hindrances to Answered Prayer. Anybody been, been blessed since we began this? Okay, all right, thank you. Uh, look at this. Luke 18, 1 says in Amplified, Also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to what? Always to what? Pray and not turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. So we, un we understand from this that the ability to stand and the ability to have endurance through challenging times of life has a direct connection to our continual and continuous prayer. Okay? Now, it's important that you understand how to pray, and that's what we're doing on our midweek services, teaching people how to pray, um, because we want to pray in, in a way that we get results from our prayer. We don't want to just pray to say we prayed. Does that make sense? Because we want to we have our prayer time uh, beneficial. But I'm, I was led to the Lord to share with you uh, three hindrances of uh, answered prayer because it's our time to see some of the things we've been praying for come into manifestation. Some, can somebody say amen? All right, so if that's the case and we found out that it's the will of God that our prayers be answered, we settled that the very first um, part of this series, that it's God's will that your prayers, that you pray according to the word, be answered. But we also know that there are some hindrances to, our, to having answered prayer. We said hindrance number one was you or me, okay? Sometimes we do get in the way of having our prayers answered, all right? You might want to say amen to that. You might not. That's okay. Okay, but you do sometimes, I do sometimes get in the way. We call it, you know, helping out God. Okay, but how many know God needs no help? Amen. So he said that we can get in the way of our own answered prayer through our own ignorance, through our own unbelief, through our own fear of obedience, and our own failure to ask. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about it. If you missed those, get the past two CDs, you'll be caught up, okay? But today we need to get somewhere, and I want to talk about the second hindrance to answered prayer, okay? The second hindrance to answered prayer, and it's this. It's other people. The second hindrance to answered prayer is other people, okay? Now, you might ask the question, how can other people hinder your answered prayer, okay? The answer is this. Because a lot of times, a lot of times, God uses people to bring answers to prayer. Okay? God uses people. God doesn't come in the earth and, and, and answer prayer himself. He uses his body to answer the prayers that are prayed by his body. Is that, is that making sense to you? Okay? So, people, uh, God will use oftentimes people to answer prayer. In other words, God answers prayer in the realm of people. Or in the realm of people. You got that? So, uh, if that's the case, if the people that God is wanting to use doesn't participate in what God is leading and instructing them to do, your prayers can be hindered because of that, okay? So say other people, okay? So let's look at something real fast because I want to prove this out by Scripture. Luke 6.38, now I'm, I'm showing you this to just to, uh, to emphasize the point that God uses people to answer prayer, okay? But Luke 6.38 is, is a perfect verse to do that. And in, in the King James Version, it says this. It says, give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Look at this phrase right here. Shall who? Shall, shall what? 
men give into your bosom? Shall who? Men. So this verse is saying that God is not the one that's putting money in your bosom. In this particular case, in the financial arena, your financial blessing is going to come through another person. Well, Pastor, you might say I found some money on the ground. Somebody had to lose it. It didn't just, just pop up from the earth. No, somebody dropped it, somebody lost it, and you found it. So that blessing still came through a person. So when you're looking for a financial blessing, we are not to look to heaven to drop down finances on us. No, we're looking for people to obey God to bless your life. It's going to come from a raise by your, by your company. It's going to come from a friend or uh, sometimes even an enemy God will use to bless your life financially. It may come from a representative of a company. Whatever way, God's going to use a person to get a financial blessing to you based on Luke 6.38. So now, if you're still waiting on a financial blessing, that means somebody still has it. Lean over to your neighbors and neighbor, you don't have my money, do you? Come on, don't be scared. Lean on somebody and say, you don't have my money, do you? Listen, listen. Your money, your financial blessing is already here. It's already in the earth realm. It's just in the wrong hands. It's just in the wrong hands. Push somebody in front of you and just say, I know you don't have my money. I know you don't have my money. <laughs> Praise God. Are, are y'all getting my point? God is not going to drop a bag out the sky. God is not going to cause money to just appear. That's called counterfeiting. God is going to use somebody to bless you financially. And check this out. This is, how, this is how good God is. Someone's seed is another person's harvest. See, you might be believing God for a hundred, and God uses somebody to sow that hundred. That hundred is their seed, but yet it's your harvest because God is trying to set them up to be blessed as well. Got it? Because that's why it's a, corp it's a corporate thing. God doesn't do things just individually. God does things to bless people corporately. Amen? All right, so let's look at the three ways today, and I believe I'm going to be able to handle this in the next um, blank number of minutes. Okay? Praise God. I don't want to box myself in. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Okay? Three ways that pe other people can hinder your answered prayer. Number one is through their ability or their inability. Okay? Another person can hold up your answered prayer by their ability or their inability. Okay? You got that? So people can uh, get in the middle of, mix things up mess things up because they have ability to do that or the, it, it could be a situation where you're counting on them to do something but they're not able to. So through either their ability or their inability. Let's go to an illustration of this in Scripture. Let's go to Matthew 17 and verse number 14. And uh, I'm going to look at a few verses here. Uh, from Matthew 17, 14, in the New King James Version, uh, it says this, verse 17, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an ep epileptic. Okay, he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So here he's having challenges with seizures. Okay, verse uh, 16 says, So I brought him to your disciples. Look at this statement. But they could not cure him. I came to your boys, 
I came to your crew. I came to the ones that are naming your name as theirs. But they couldn't get it done. They couldn't get it done. So verse 17 says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long should I bear with him? Bear with you. Bring him here to me. So in other words, Jesus' expectation was that the disciples should have been able to handle this situation. Oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long I got to be with you guys? So Jesus, that statement that Jesus makes is saying this, that these disciples should have got this boy delivered before Jesus ever got on the scene. There should have been a testimony waiting for Jesus when he arrived instead of the problem still being there. Got it? So he's saying here now, he said, verse 18, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Everybody say immediately. Shout suddenly. Now shout right now. Glory to God. Go ahead and prophesy. I'm, I'm about to receive some immediate, sudden, and right now manifestation in Jesus' name. Now give the Lord a shout for that glory to God. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're done with all this waiting stuff, praise God. Got it? Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? At least they're trying to learn something. Verse 20 says, so Jesus said to them, read closely please. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. So why couldn't they cast it out? Okay, y'all just read it, folks. Come on. Why couldn't they cast the demon out? Because of what? Because of their unbelief. Now, it's important that you understand this because you can walk away from this thinking that the demon was more powerful than the disciples. That's not the fact at all. The reason why they could not cast this demon out is because the disciples were operating in unbelief. Everybody clear with that? Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away. Okay? He says, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would say. So Jesus says, listen, if you'd had faith, you would just spoke to it. And you, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, including this demon, will be impossible for you. And the reason why you couldn't is because you was operating in unbelief. You could have handled this. But look at verse 21. Look at verse 21. However, this kind, everybody say this kind. This kind does not go out except by prayer. And fasting. Everybody say this time, this kind. Say it one more time. Now, I gotta make I gotta make sure that y'all rightly divide the words. Because I know this passage of scripture has been taught that certain demons only come out by prayer and fasting. Has everybody heard that before? Okay, don't be scared. If you heard it, wave at me if you heard it. Okay. It's 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 a popular doctrine that there are certain demons that can't come out except by prayer and fasting. I want to let you know that, de that Jesus was not referring to the demon coming out by praying and fasting. He was referring to unbelief. There's only unbelief. There's certain unbelief that only can come out by praying and fasting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there's no place in Scripture that Jesus or any of the apostles cast out a demon through prayer or fasting. Every demon that was cast out was cast out by the authority of the spoken word. Because you can be messing around with a demon and fast, you'll just be hungry with a demon. Now I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be, I'm just trying to make it plain for you. Because they, demons don't move because you fast. They move because they are, they are subject to the spoken word on the authority of the name of Jesus. 
That's what they are, uh, that's what they are subject to. They are not subject to your spiritual, uh, your, 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 your spiritual applications, prayer and fasting. You never find it. Search the Scripture front to back. You never find the demon cast out through prayer or fasting. Jesus spoke to it. We just see it right here. Come out of the boy. The man in the Gadarenes, what's your name? Legion. Okay, Legion, get out and go in the pigs. You can see Jesus almost a Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask now that you cast this demon out of this boy. He just said, get out. Didn't put his hands on him. Didn't roll on the floor with him. Just said, come out. And see, some of y'all can go and get demons out your house today. Open the front door. Leave the front door open and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, any unauthorized entity that's in this house, by the authority of the spoken word, I cast you and all your imps out. You are free to go. You are dismissed now in Jesus' name. Hold the door open for about five seconds and then close it and be done with it. You ain't got to be walking the halls and, 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 uh, and, and doing all this kind of stuff and, and putting oil on the doorpost. No, just speak the word. I just heard that, Lord. Some of y'all got to get him out your car first. So when you open the door to your car today, cast them out. And probably supernaturally, the radio, the, the radio dial will change. Because some of y'all letting them in through the music you're listening to in your car. Blankety blank this and backing up that. And oh, y'all don't like this. Y'all, y'all just hang on. I'm, I'm going to help you today. Praise the Lord. Take your name and say, he's going to help you. He's going to help you. But see, you can't blame a devil for coming up in your life if you, if, if you leave the door What is he supposed to do? Just say, hmm, they left the door open. And just keep on walking by? No, they're going to take advantage of every situation they can. That's what thieves do. They look for opportunities, absolutely. They look for the, the, the path of least resistance. Now, they might, they might go to one person's door and the door lock. They go down two doors later and they turn the thing and the thing open. They're like, oh, snap. Let me see what they got up in here. They open the door, close it real nice so you never know that the lock was busted and come home with your whole house stripped. But you left the door open. And some of us have been stolen from because we've let doors stay open. Are y'all with me? So some of y'all got to get them out your car, get them out your house, and most importantly, get them out your mind. Well, Lord, I didn't think we was going that way today, but praise the Lord. Notice now, notice, notice, notice from this. Notice the Father's prayer was hindered by the disciples' unbelief. That the Father had to wait more time for his boy to get delivered because the, uh, the disciples were functioning in unbelief. So friend, let me tell you something. You need to be careful about who you let in to your prayer life. Because everybody may not be in faith. They might say, yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. But they can't believe what you can believe. So therefore, when you come into agreement with a person their level of believing will directly affect your level of receiving. No, no, I can't stop preaching yet, no. You hear what I'm saying? So you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Well, they, you know, they go in the same church I go to. They, you know, they, they hear the same word. Uh, that, okay, 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 that, that's, that might be true, but they might not be receiving and understanding on the same level you are. I've been at this long enough. Not everybody, not everybody that comes to church comes to church to get anything. 
There are some that come to church to find out what they can talk about the next week. You got it? Y'all all right? Ask your neighbors, are you okay? Okay, praise the Lord. All right, all right. So, what's number one? Other people's what? Ability or inability? Turn to in, and, 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 and encourage your neighbors. Say, neighbor, remember this. Come on, tell, turn and tell somebody. Neighbor, remember this. You are someone's answer. You're someone's answer. You are, you are a piece of a person's life. God, God has made, we, we all are fitly and jointly, I think the Bible says, fitly and jointly get, uh, uh, joined together. So there's something in you that God wants you to put in somebody else or something you may have that God wants you to, uh, to distribute to somebody else, but you are somebody's answer. So now, the, the, the quicker you line yourself up to be able to hear and be sensitive to the leading of the Lord, then somebody else can get their prayer answered and move on to the next thing. Does that make sense? Okay. So the second, so let's go to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah 1 real, uh, real fast, and then we'll, we'll get to the second reason why people can be, other people can be the hindrance to our answered prayer. Isaiah 119 in New King James says this, If you are willing... And what, what, folks? Oh, willing and what? Obedient. You, who's you? The willing and obedient one shall eat the good of the land. So now if you're eating the good of the land, you should be wearing the good of the land. You should be living in the good of the land. You should be driving the good of the land, right? Right? I said, right? Well, where does it come from? It comes from a willing and obedient life. Okay? That's what God says. Now, he says willing and and is a conjunction. It connects what's before the and to what's after the and. So, but you got to realize that you can function in one of these without functioning in the other. See, you can be willing but not obedient. You can be obedient and not willing. Amen. Okay, all right. So, for example, we, we, we declared July as All Tithers Month. We've declared August as All Tithers Month. And let me, let me let you in on the secret. September is going to be too, praise the Lord. September is going to be All Tithers Month. And guess what? October is going to be, and November is going to be, and December is going to be. So just, just go and lock it in. It's always going to be. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Praise God. So, but, you know, you can be willing to tithe. I'm willing to tithe. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to tithe. I, I see it. I'm see it laid out in Scripture. I'm, I'm willing to tithe, but yet not tithe. Because this is what you say. I'll tithe if I had more. So you're willing, but you're not, what? Obedient. And in the same, the same using the same uh, subject, you can tithe, be obedient to tithe, and not be willing. I, my, he, uh, Minister Gary talked about it today, uh, having a, a right heart. I tell you what, I tell you what, I'm just, I'm just going to tithe so, I, so they can just stop talking. I'm just tired of every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. Tithe, 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 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%. Here, here's my 10%. You are what? Obedient, but you are not what? Willing. Both scenarios, you disqualify yourself from the good life. I, I, I would do it, but I'm not doing it. God says you disqualify from the good life. I'm doing it, but I don't like doing it. God says you're disqualified from the good life. The good life comes through being willing and obedient. It's like the little boy in the classroom. Uh, he, want, he wanted to stand up, and the teacher said, Johnny, you got to sit down. Uh, I'm not going to sit down. Johnny, you need to sit down. No, I don't want to sit down. Johnny, you need to sit down. No, I don't want to sit down. Johnny, I'm going to give you this last time. If you don't sit down, you're going to the principal's office. So Johnny sat down, and Johnny said to himself, what you don't know is I'm sitting down on the, in, on, on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. So what was he doing? He was obedient but he wasn't willing. How many of you parents have connected money with chores 
all right, I'll give you, I'll give you $2 if you take the trash out. And then you come home and say, trash overflowing, and, you know, the, the lid won't shut on the thing, and, and, and you see the trash all exposed. Anybody been there before? Oh, Jesus. Probably every hand in the, in the house is trash all overflowing, and, but you can get one more milk carton in there, boy. You can get one more. I know you can get one more in there, and so it's all overflowing. And you say, uh, son, can you take out the trash real fast? And, <clears throat> oh, somebody, somebody felt that. I, you felt that, did you? all like, Lord, that trash about to be up on him, right? Why I got to be the one always taking out the trash? Because I told you to. You standing right there next to the trash can, why don't you take out the trash? Well, somebody said, oh, no. Where that come from? That came from somewhere over here. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know. Pastor, you, 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 you have mistaken who you're talking to now. But just stay with the, just stay with the story, okay? And so remember, there's money connected to his obedience. So he finally gets himself together, wraps it up, pulls it out, slams it on the floor, puts a new bag in there, you know, makes all kinds of noise, rattles, rattles the trash can, and slams the top back down, and then gets the, gets the trash. Don't pick it up, but he drags it across the floor. Some of y'all ready to beat y'all kids now. Y'all like, I'm just going to go home and give you a beating just because of what he's talking about. I see it rising up on some of y'all. Tell your neighbor, say, stay saved. Would you stay saved? Y'all like, I just need to beat somebody right now. Can I just beat somebody right now? Let's beat the devil, okay? Let's beat the devil. But he's dragging the trash, and he's just mumbling something under his breath, and, and then he takes it out to the thing and slams it in the thing and comes back in the house and then comes up to you and asks for some money. And says, where's my $2? How many know? Most of us? I, I, it's a few of y'all going to go and give them the $2. It's a few of y'all going to go and give them $2. I don't know why, but a few of y'all would do that. But the most of us would say, you ain't get out of my face. You ain't getting no money for that. Why? Because of the way they did it. You see what I'm saying? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't because they didn't do it. It was because of the way they did it. And see, God looks on the heart. And see, so you can go through the motions, but the way you do it holds weight with God. That's why he says willing and obedient. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So the second way that people can hinder our answered prayer is because of human will. Human will, W-I-L-L, -L, human will. Now, human will, listen to me closely, listen to me closely. Human will is the most powerful element in the earth. Well, Pastor, what, 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 where's God? Okay, God is all-powerful, yet human will can even override God's will for your life. How many here believe that it's God's will that everybody be saved and everybody spend eternity in heaven? How many believe that? How many of you know people who didn't receive Jesus and is not in heaven right now? Why? Because of their will. It was not because of what God wanted for their life. It was because of what they wanted for their own life. So human will is the most powerful element in the earth. You nor God can make somebody do what they don't want to do. This is proven every single week up in here. I can lay out the will of God. This is what God wants you to do. This is the way God wants you to live. Some will go out of here 
with that information and still do what they want to do because they want to do it. All y'all quiet now. It doesn't matter what God wants for me. It's what I want for me. That's human will. Y'all got it? And sometimes people can use their will to hold up your prayer. Y'all with me? Listen to this thing. God is not going to fight human will. God will come to you and say, I recommend to you that you get out of this situation that you're in. Here's the scripture reasons. This is why he'll even give you a glimpse of your future if you stay in that situation. But if you say, this is who I'm going to be with, and I don't care what nobody say, guess what God does? All right. If that's whom you want, that's whom you shall have. And when he does this, Guess what? When your heart is all twisted and tied up and your, and, your, and your head is hurting because they take you all through the trenches and wrenches and, and all twisted and back and front and, and you hollering and screaming for the peace of the Lord, God's like this. That's what you wanted. That's what you wanted. Oh, y'all don't like that, boy? Y'all don't like that? Y'all don't like that? That's what you wanted. That's who you wanted. You told me. You told me, get out your business. You told me you knew what you was doing. So if that's the case, why do I have to be involved? God, help me. Help me, God. You got to help me make it through. This, 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 this dude, this girl, this chicken just taking me through the, through the, through the, oh, I'm so tired. So, so, no, God, can you? I told you to get out of it six months ago. Because I seen this day six months ago. Because he is in our end and our beginning. All oh, y'all are upset now. Ooh, we got some fired up people in here today. Glory to God. Y'all are hot now. Steam. And guess what? I don't even care. Because somebody need to tell you the truth. I told you six months ago, I know, I know he's going to make your head hurt. I know he's going to make your heart hurt. I know he's, he's going to make your hands. I, he was gonna make, I just knew he was going to hurt you. Because I see the real him. I see the real her. You see what they want you to see. I saw that. Told you. Gave you your way of escape. Tried to save you six months of pain, six months of heartbreak, six months of uh, financial loss, but no. Now, God wouldn't do that because God is love, but, but no. You knew what she was doing. That's human will. And that human will, folks, is, is more powerful than God's will for your life. It only happens, the benefit comes when you align your will with his will and they flow together. Which means you have to surrender your will to his. So God won't fight will and you can't fight human will. You can't fight it. Can't fight it. All right? Let's go. Let's look at the scripture. 1 Kings 17. Y'all doing all right? Hmm? Huh? Y'all don't sound like it. Y'all doing all right? Let's try this again. Is, is everyone doing all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? 
I know, I know y'all upset, but just hang with me. Just hang with me. Just hang with me. Okay? 1 Kings 17 and verse 18, using this as an illustration of human will. The word, came, or the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which, is, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow woman there to provide for you. So the instructions have been given in advance to this widow woman to take care of the man of God when he shows up. Oh, that's good. I like that because God, God is never late. He's always early. So see, God has already spoken to that person you're about to meet with before you even meet with him. He says, I have commanded. Now, notice that Elijah is still in his current location. He says, I commanded a widow woman to sustain you there, so get up and go. So guess what? The instructions and the provision was already there before Elijah took the first step to go there. God, no, yeah. Woo! So, 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 I can't, get, I can't get past it. All the provision that you need for your life was already here before you got here. That's why it's important that you be at the place he wants you to be instead of the place where you want to be. Oh. The word of the Lord came. Da, 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 da. Verse 10. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. Exactly how God says. He talked to a widow. He approaches a widow. And she's gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup. Because God said that a widow woman is going to take care of you. That I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Because she's supposed to take care of him, right? Mm -hmm. So she said, As the Lord your... God lives, I don't have no bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare for myself and my son that may, we might eat it and die. Uh-oh. God, now you told me that you talked to a widow woman to take care of me. If I was Elijah, I'm like, where, is there any other widows around here? Y'all, that would have been me. I was like, um, you know any more widows? Because you can't be the one. Because I know I heard from God before I came down here, and you ain't got enough. Well, you ain't got enough to take care of your, you and yours. Now, if I add myself, then, then we all going to be out here soon. So can you point me in the direction to the, to the widow neighborhood? Is that not reasonable or what? But how many, know, how many thank God that Elijah hears from God? Verse 13 says, And Elijah said to her, Don't fear. Go and do what you said. But make me a small cake from it when? First, headline news. Starving widow. Commanded by man of God, preacher. Or no, no, this is what it say. Preacher takes food from starving widow and son. Can't y'all see it? Can't y'all see it on Daily Progress? Big time preacher. Man of God. Man of the cloth. Takes food out of the mouth of starving widow and son. Is this the love that God wants us to walk in? Can't y'all see the headline? Distributed. Best-selling newspaper right there. Everybody going to buy that newspaper. Be on 29, 19, all of them. Headline, 530, headline. We attempted to contact the preacher that took the food out of the mouth of the starving widow. We have not received any response back from him or his congregation. We're just trying to get the answer why he would take the food. The very last meal out of a starving widow and son's mouth. 
Y'all laughing because you know I'm right. They were running that for weeks, boy. Y'all show up at church out here, the news trucks behind, satellite CNN, trying to get an interview. But let's finish the story. Said, don't fear, make me a cake when? First. Make me a cake when? First. And bring it to me, and afterward, make for yourself and your son. So he's not leaving her out. He's just saying, now you got you to release something to receive something. All he's trying to set her up to do is to operate the seed time and harvest principle. The verse didn't stop with make me a cake first, period, and then move on. He says, make me a cake first, then make something for you and your son. So everybody's going to eat. He's just saying, let's just get God's principle in this thing. Oh, y'all, y'all are missing a good place to shout. See, y'all just read back. See there, 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 see there and you missed the point. Verse 14, for thus says the Lord of God of Israel, the bin, whoo, Jesus, the bin, the flour, shall not be used up, nor shall a jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away, here we go, here's her will, she went away, here's her will, she went away and did according to the word of, the, of, of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. Elijah's provision was totally up to her will. If she'd have said, nope, I don't care who you are, I'm going to do what I said, we're going to eat this last thing, and we're going to hold each other until we're out of here. Elijah would not have been provided for because of her will would have overridden the instruction of the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So she got blessed because she aligned her will with the will of God. Are y'all seeing that? But if she had done something different, we'd have had a different ending. That make sense? So I want to encourage you as you continue to pray for things, add to your prayer and pray for people's hearts to be sensitive and pray that people be quick to obey God in his, in his leading. Y'all with me? Pray no interference with, with, uh, with human will. All right, five minutes and we're done. Okay, can y'all handle it? And then the third reason why people can uh, hinder your answered prayer is because of the influence that they have on your thinking. The influence that they have on your thinking. Ooh, this is big, folks. What was number one? Their ability or inability. Number two was human will. Number three is what? The influence that they have on your thinking. Dr. Wynn and I, uh, go to Numbers chapter 13, just hold there for a second. Dr. Wynn and I was having a brief conversation coming in uh, today about how kids, they, they are active in church, their parents got them in church as juniors and seniors in high school, they're participating in, in youth activities. They're, they're, they're up front. They're exercising their gifts, et cetera, et cetera. They go away to school, and you don't see them anymore. They come home, don't come to church. They come home, go back. They don't find the church in the area of the school. N big reason of that is they allow other people to influence their thinking about church. I can probably paint the picture. They probably go excited. Okay, come on, guys. Let's go find the church. Church. Ain't, ain't got time for no church. Ain't, we ain't here for church. We're here for, you know, school, partying, fraternities, whatever, whatever, whatever. And about three weeks of that, then they're not thinking church anymore. They're thinking about being friends with somebody. And so they allowed other people to influence their thinking about their relationship with God. which hinders a lot of things in their lives because of now their behavior. Y'all y'all with me? It happens with them. It happens with, with even you. You come, you know, sometimes you come here, you get a word from the Lord. You know it's a word from God. You know God spoke to me today. I got my answer. I know everything is going to be all right. And go share it with somebody. And they pour a big bucket of water on it. And all of a sudden you think like, well, maybe that wasn't God. Maybe God didn't speak to me today. Oh, 
Okay, all right. And next thing you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't allow them to influence your thinking, and you have, thought your, they, you have thought yourself right out of the answer you knew you had. Why? Because the thief comes to steal the word that you receive. And how does he do that? He does that through other people. I'm sure husband and wives have come in here and gotten the answer. Okay, all right, our relationship is going to be better. Both of them make a decision in service. We're going to work on this. We're going to do right and get home and something happens. Something wasn't done. Bam, they at each other. What happened? The devil exposed something that drew their attention to that to cause them to forget about the commitment they made under the anointing. So what happened? They influence their thinking to do something else. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Y'all got to catch this, man. So you got to guard your heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. See, you just can't open up your heart to everybody. Because, see, see, unbelievers don't understand what believers do. So if you go to the job and you can be friends with unbelievers, that's fine. But you, if you go and just share, you know what, I, you know, I heard from God and I'm going to believe God to this. They don't understand that. And you can't fault them for, fault them for you know, trying to talk you out of something they don't understand. Spiritual things are not understood by a natural mind. They just don't understand. Y'all with me? So don't give way to their thinking. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Why did he put that in there? How come, how come it didn't say good communication makes others better? Because unfortunately, evil communication sometimes have more power or people give it more power than good intention. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Numbers 13, let's finish this out. Y'all Okay. All right, now, as they, now they departed and came back to Moses. This is after them going into the land to spied out. Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, they brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They had evidence. They showed them the fruit of the land. They had evidence. Everybody said they had evidence. Verse 27, then they told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us, and it truly, it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along by the banks of Jordan. Then Caleb stood up and said, hush him out. That's what my Bible said. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession." for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a what? A what? Come on, say it loud. A bad report. They had the promise of God. They had evidence of the promise of God. But the people gave them a what? Bad report. Y'all see that? Of the land which they spied out, saying, The land through which we are gone as uh, spies is in a land, is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all of the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Numbers 14, 1, and we're almost done. So all the congregation of all the congregation lifted up their voices and did what? Cried. And the people wept that night. Why did they weep? Not because they saw the giants. They wept because of the bad report they heard. So them hearing and receiving a bad report, guess what, folks? Hindered them for another 40 years of getting their answer to what God had promised them. Ten people held up two million plus people for 40 years because of how they influenced their thinking. 
And you can't tell me that there are some of you sitting here today, you are not in, your, in the place where you need to be because you've been listening too much to other people. There are people that are supposed to be connected to this ministry today, right now, are not because they're giving more weight to what somebody is saying about their connection than their connection. And so things in life are being held up because you give more weight to people than you do the Word of God. It's tight, but it's right. And you got to understand something, folks. God has set this thing up that nobody can stop you but you. Well, Pastor, how can people hinder my answer prayers and nobody can stop me but me? Because you allow them to get into your thinking, which affects your believing, that causes you to get a delay in what you're supposed to be walking in. And it's my prayer today that some of you just grow some boldness. And some of y'all just need to tell some people that think they know everything anyway. First of all, you don't know everything. Second of all, I've been a fool listening to you. And third of all, this the last day I'm putting my destiny in your hands. See, y'all don't like that because you want to be friends. All right, go and stay friends and stay stuck. Sometimes we got to brick out to help them come up. Come on. Why did God tell Abram to get away from his country? Because what God wanted Abram to do, he couldn't get it done in his country. He had to get out of there. Amen. And listen to God and not his family. Listen to God and not his friends. What did Joe's friend do? Joe's friend got around him and said, Joe, if I was you, I'd just, I'd just curse God and die. What kind of friends is that? I mean, if you're my friend, you know, bring me some rice. <laughs> Give me some lemonade or something. Don't tell me to curse God and die. Be my friend. If you're going to be my friend, be my friend. If I was you, I just curse God. I just curse God and die. You just ought to curse God and die. See, people like that is what caused you to be hung up. Amen. Y'all blessed today? Come on, Stan, let me finish this out. Last few comments and I'm done. Praise God. Y'all did good today. Y'all did real good. Some of y'all got mad, but y'all okay now. I can let you go. No, and you, you didn't get mad at me. You got, you got mad at the truth. And you saw what I was saying that caused you to become upset. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned. You'll be back next week. Praise God. Other people. Now, you got to understand this, but what I'm not saying is don't, don't avoid people. Don't start now avoiding people. Don't make yourself an island. Put yourself in a cocoon. No, you're here to be a, a change agent in people's lives. What I'm saying is you just need to be aware that who you get, who you allow in your intimate space can have opportunity to hold up some stuff in your life. Does that make, you make sense? If you go to somebody for encouragement and get discouragement, doesn't mean you don't have to talk to them anymore. You just have to mark them and say, they are not good for me in this arena. For encouragement, this, this is not the one I go to for encouragement. Because they discourage me instead of encourage me. Does that make sense? We can still kick it. We can still hang out. We can, we can, still, we can just still do all other things. I'm just not going to come to you for encouragement. See, if somebody, you go to somebody for accountability and they let you off the hook, okay, it's no problem. You, you can still be friends, but I just can't use you as an accountability partner because you make my life too easy. You're a good person, great person. We're going to hang out. We're going to do dinner. We're going to do things together, but I'm not going to use you as an accountability partner. Are y'all, is this making sense? 
I, I feel late to do that because some of y'all go cut some people and be done with them. I ain't going to talk to you no more. I won't see you no more. Y'all, you, you just been held, you've been held up, holding up my life for 40 years. I'm done with you. I'm, get, just get out of my face. That's not what I'm saying. Y'all laughing because y'all was ready. Boy, y'all, y'all was making y'all listen to your mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell her off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell him off. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm going to take care of that one right now. As soon as, soon as he say dismiss, I'm on my phone right now. Now, some, in, in some extreme cases, other than your spouse, you might have to do that. But that's going to be in rare cases. Does that make sense? Some people you know are just bad for you. They are just literally bad for you in this season. So if that's the case, you have to limit your interaction with them a lot in this season until you get some things together. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Father, I now pray for the people that are here and also are watching us online. I pray now that through Holy Spirit that you reveal and stir up the boldness on the inside of them. Greater is he that's in us that's he, than he that's in the world. And so through the adjustments that people will make on today and throughout this week, I thank you that their sensitivity and their hearing of the voice of God will increase. That they'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's you. They'll say that they'll find themselves saying, Ooh, that's God. Ooh, that's God. Yes, God. Thank you. That's God. So I thank you, Lord God, that you're leading God through that still small voice and lead them right into their next wealthy place. And I give you praise and I give you glory and I give you honor for it. In Jesus' name. Y'all agree with that? Say amen. Hey, every here about every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't have a, a relationship with God. You don't have, you're not saved, you're not born again. Today is your day. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. Pastor, what do you mean? What I mean is this. The Bible says nobody, nobody can get to the Father except through Jesus. So that means you have to receive Jesus in order to have a relationship with the Father. And how do you receive Jesus? You receive Jesus by receiving the finished work of Christ, receiving that he died for you, but yet God rose him from the dead, and then confessing him as the Lord of your life. So if you're here today, and you would say, that pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not born again. But I want a relationship with Jesus today. If that's you, I want to encourage you to simply obey God. So if that's you, you say, pastor, I'm here, but I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I don't have a relationship with Jesus that I know of. But I want to give my heart to Jesus today. I understand that he loves me so much, and I want to give my life to him. If that's you, would you boldly stretch forth your hands so we can pray for you and pray with you today? Give us the awesome privilege today to have us introduce you to the man named Jesus, the one who has delivered many of us from our shortcomings taking us out of darkness and put us, in, put us into the kingdom of God's dear son so if that's you today would you lift your hand lift your hand praise God secondly if you're here today and maybe you've allowed people to really dictate your life and because of that you have walked away from God falling away from God. In other words, you're not living your life the way you know you should be living your life as a child of God. You are a child of God, but not living like one. I have great news for you because God not only forgives us, God also restores us. And as a promise in Scripture that God says if a man will confess his sins, he is faithful and just to forgive him and to cleanse him from all unrighteousness. So if you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, that's me. 
I gave my life to Jesus some time ago or just a few weeks ago. But I know I'm not living like I'm supposed to. But I want to get it right today. If that's you, would you lift your hand boldly? Because we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you today. Glory to God. Pastor, that's me. I want to get my relationship with God right today in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thirdly today is this. There's an experience that the Bible teaches us that every believer can receive. And that experience is called baptism with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And that's dual purpose. Number one, so that the power of God that's in you can come up on your life so that you can be a witness to Jesus wherever you go. Secondly, is that you get a prayer language directly from heaven, downloaded from heaven. that gives you the ability to speak with other tongues that, that allows you to pray at a whole nother dimension. See, it allows you to take your prayer life from your natural mind to your spirit being. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm walking with God, but I'm ready for the next dimension. I'm ready for the next level of God. If that's you, why don't you stretch forth your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to receive this power. I want to receive this experience. You call baptism with the Holy Spirit. Would you pray for me? If that's you, lift your hand today in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, then lastly today is this. Every person needs to be in a good local church. And if you're sensing a connection, sensing a connection with me as a pastor and sensing a connection with this church, this ministry as the church you would like to be connected to, I just simply want you to obey God. So if you're here today and said, Pastor, that's me. I want to connect with Faith Christian Center International. If that's you, would you lift your hand today? We will be honored and privileged to have you be a part of what we're doing. Thank you so much over here. Thank you so much there and there. Thank you so much. Are there others that say, Pastor, I want to connect with you. I want to connect with this ministry. I want to make this my church home. If that's you, if you haven't already, lift your hand. If you can lift your hand, praise God. Thank you so much for your obedience. Thank you so much. If you're watching us online today and any of those appeals are for you, would you reach out to us at the information that's on the screen um, behind me? There's an email address. There's a phone number. You can reach out to us and we'll respond right away. We just simply want to rejoice with you, pray with you, and also provide you some information that you can get your walk with God and Christ off on the right foot. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. Let's celebrate them that watch us online today. Praise God. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. All right.